Welcome to our show, Holding Ground. My name is Laura Richer. I'm a psychotherapist and the owner of Anchor Light Therapy Collective in Seattle, Washington. Each week, I'm joined by another therapist from the Anchor Light team to tackle important topics in mental health and psychotherapy. Our goal is to promote well-being by normalizing mental health challenges. We are here holding ground for you every Monday morning at 9 a.m. on KKNW. Good morning. You're listening to Holding Ground here on KKNW, where we bring you a little bit of everything in the world of therapy and positive mental health every Monday morning at 9 a.m. I am your host, Laura Richer. I am a psychotherapist and the owner of Anchor Light Therapy Collective in Seattle, Washington. And I'm so excited to share with you today's guest, Tracy Willis. After working for over 15 years in a career and an industry that didn't inspire her, Tracy made the decision to first earn her MBA in management and then take the leap into a new industry doing something that she loves. Five years later, she owns two talent management agencies. And as an employer, she's dedicated to empowering other young women to be their best selves and love what they do. She's also created a second company with a business model that allows people to work part-time at their own pace so that they can slowly transition out of jobs that don't make them happy either. So Tracy, welcome to our show. I love talking about this topic. Uh, Thank you so much, Laura. I'm so happy to be here. So I would love for you to share with our audience your story, because I know you made a big career change midlife, which a lot of people want to do, but sometimes they're afraid to, or, or they feel like it's too late. So I'd love for you to share with our audience what you did to make that happen. Absolutely. So I think it all started, you know, with my, I guess, graduating from college and when I was an undergrad and kind of doing what a lot of people do, which is to declare a major that you really don't have a future in and you don't really have a career path in mind you just kind of are getting through school I did Um, that I have an English degree so I totally get that yeah well guess what so do I is that yours too (laughs) so yes absolutely so I I graduated a undergrad in English and um didn't really know what I wanted to do I actually you know got married moved to kind of a smallish town up in Anacortes and the only job that I could find that was even close was in the library. So I was a children's librarian for about five years and it was great and I loved it, but I found myself and I found myself doing this in, in the first few jobs that I had, like kind of migrating out of my position and into like something else that wasn't actually my job. So <laughs> I'm working at the library and I'm trying to do like marketing and PR and special programs and fundraising and different things. And it was great. You know, they, they actually needed that at the time, but uh, when it was time to move on, I ended up in a, in a operations job for a, a health company. So I was doing operations and uh, a little bit of marketing for the first few years. And I just kept pushing toward that marketing part and toward that PR part. So I, I think by the time I got to the end of that 15 years, I had completely changed my, my role without necessarily my <laughs> company's support <laughs> and, and kind of like I was pushing myself towards something that I, you know, wasn't hired to do. And I think at that point, you know, the balance, the, the, the scales kind of tipped and I realized I wasn't in the, in the career that I wanted to be in. And so that's when uh, I think I decided that the only way out after spending so much time in the same industry and doing the same thing 
was to retrain myself in some way. I, so I, you know, I kind of, I didn't have the confidence at that point to just say like, I'm going to, you know, start this new business or do something different. And so I, I went back to school and I got my MBA uh, while I was working. Um, and I did that for, you know, it took me four or five years to actually get through it. And, uh, you know, raising kids, working full time, doing that. And then my, in my last year, I just had this opportunity to start uh, in a uh, public relations kind of consulting job for a social media influencer. And through that, I fell in love with that industry. I realized this is exactly where I wanted to be. And of course, at that point, I could not stand another day in my job because I, I was so, I knew what was, I knew what was going to kind of fuel me forward and what I was passionate about. And so everything else I was doing, you know, was, became really temporary in my mind. It's so interesting that we have to get to that place of being really uncomfortable before we take the leap. And I see with clients all the time that they're just, they're, they're struggling and actually experiencing a pretty negative impact to their mental health where, when they're in the job that they just realize they don't want to be in anymore. You try so hard to keep it going, but you get to that place where it's, where you just really can't. So what were you experiencing during that time when you finally said, Hey, there is no other option. I've got to do something different. I mean, I think that the, I think the major, I guess, kind of, you know, symptom or, or thing that I really saw happening to me was I was so tired Mm -hmm. every day. I was just so tired. Like I couldn't even think about getting out of bed and going to work without just that kind of, uh, kind of a defeatist, you know, perspective. I was just, I was waking up and going, oh, it's not Saturday. It's not Sunday. You know, that kind of realization that you need to get up and you need to go do this thing that you, you've really, you know, you're not inspired to do. It's not making you happy and it's not getting you out of bed in the morning. So going through the motions, being really tired, um, having that general sense of like, and I think this had to do with me kind of getting older and, and, um, that sense that like, what did I do with my life? Like, here I am. I'm in my mid forties. I didn't do what makes me happy. I'm hearing about other people that are living the dream and loving what they do, or, you know, becoming entrepreneurs or, or have jobs that, that make them happy. And, and, and I've done this for at that point, 25 years, I'd been working in jobs that were like just jobs. Um, and it just, yeah, I guess there was probably like just that sort of, it was a, it was a kind of a lack, it gave me a, a lack of confidence and, and feeling that I didn't achieve what I was supposed to achieve. And I didn't feel like the person that I wanted to be professionally. And so I didn't feel like the person I wanted to be kind of holistically. That makes so much sense to me. We have so much in common, even right down to the English degree. I, (laughs) like you, kept finding myself in roles that, you know, I was, I was looking for a a good career path that paid well, which is fantastic. I recommend that everyone find a path that pays them well. However, I was only pursuing that. And so I found myself in roles that just didn't really suit me. I mean, I even was to the point where I would be driving to work wondering, if I just got in like a minor car accident, you know, not really hurt, but maybe that I could be out of work for a while. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, 
and you, I wanted something that was, I would see these other people too, that were like, loved their careers and they would use their creativity and they'd be helping other people. And I was like, I want to do that too. So like you, I went back to school. I didn't know exactly how it was all going to play out, but just kind of took that one step at a time. And eventually the path was revealed of what direction I, I wanted to go. But there, I know for me, there was a lot of fear that I had to overcome to really be able to make that step. What were some of the fears that you dealt with, especially raising kids while you're, while you're trying to figure all of this out? Yeah. hundred percent money. Yes. Money, <laughs> uh, money. You know, I was in a really secure job. I was, you know, paying my bills. I was saving a little bit. I was, you know, I was also, by the way, had just gone through a divorce. So I was a single mom and I saw it was one income um, suddenly. And so, yeah, money was everything. And um, I had to, I had, I couldn't just, you know, opt into like getting a roommate and moving into a smaller place. You know, I had, I had kids and I had to kind of make sure that everything was covered. So that was definitely like the biggest fear. Um, But I I think there was a lot of underlying fear uh, that, that, was based around just, you know, failure. Um, what if this doesn't work? Um, and the fear of like, you know, giving away that stability, that paycheck that you always get with your, you know, maybe bonuses or whatever, and your insurance and your, and your, um, your security to saying like every dollar I'm going to make is going to be because I made it or because I managed it well, it's not going to, nobody's going to pay me if I don't work. And so that whole shift in my thinking of being a, an employee to being an entrepreneur and doing it on my own was terrifying. Um, and I think, you know, it's different for everyone. There are people that are just risk takers by nature and, and just go for it. Um, and, they would have a different experience doing this. But for me, I was definitely, um, you know, a little risk adverse, I think because I, you know, mainly because I'm a parent and I, yeah. I didn't have that kind of safety net to fall into. That is definitely when I work with clients who are looking to make changes, it's letting go of that stability and, I think when you're self-employed for a while and you kind of get into, you've, you've changed your mindset from the, the employee mindset to being an entrepreneur, that it almost starts to become safer to be in charge of making your own own income instead of relying on somebody else to determine whether you get that bonus or, or, or whether they're going to keep you. But that process can be really scary. And like you, I had that same feeling, like, how am I going to just make money out of nowhere? No one's going to be signing a paycheck for me. So that I think is a very common concern. And I know you work with people who are looking to transition into careers they love. Do you, do you coach them around these same issues? A hundred percent. I think that's, I think that's the, you know, the best part of what I, uh, what I do now is, and I guess I haven't even explained what I do now, but. um, Well, let's do that. Tell everybody what you do now, because as I said at the top of the show that you now help work, you help empower women who want to leave the jobs that they don't want to be in anymore and create uh, careers that they love. So tell us how you do that. hundred percent. Yeah. So I started, I started in agency. Uh, and I basically, it's a social media influencer management agency. So I manage, you know, about 60 different influencers that work on YouTube and Instagram, TikTok. Uh, so it's, it's, um, it's kind of, it's, it's one of those business models that can grow with people 
fueling it. So I can hire two people or I can hire 20 people because everybody's getting paid on what they bring in and what work they bring in, what clients they bring in. So I realized right away when I started this agency and it was just me and another person that this was something that was possible that I could add people in because I, I just to back up a little bit, I did this as a side hustle for three years before I, I really launched into it on my own. So for me, that was how I got through that wall of fear is because all I did was add on to my income. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I stayed at my job and I literally worked, you know, nine to five and then came home and worked seven to two in the morning. I mean, every night for three, four years, which, you know, I don't highly recommend, uh, but it, it was all just emails and correspondence with, with brands and with uh, influencers and trying to build up the business. So I was able to do it. I, I was putting it in insane, insane hours, but I was able to do it that way and then wait to the point where I was making enough money to justify leaving my job. Hmm. So that worked for me. Um, it's not, you know, and, and I could have worked two, two extra hours a day. I just chose to kind of be a maniac about it, but I, you know, you, you have that flexibility of, you know, just kind of getting out what you put in and it might be a slower grow for you, but I did the, I did kind of the hard work. So I did the groundwork. I built the business. I, I, um, I built up these relationships with brands and with, with clients so that now when I realized that what I had, I was able to offer this to other women. So women who so far were at, you know, I have five other women that are doing this on the side um, as, as contractors mm -hmm. and they're able to do what I do without the, the, you know, kind of sweat equity of having to start from, from ground up. But um, it's it works for me and it works for them. I get that extra help. They work on a contract commission basis. Uh, so I don't need to, you know, worry about payroll or worry about are they working enough hours? Are they, are they doing this, you know? And I can train them and give them this new skill. And, you know, if they love it, then what I want them to do is start their own agencies. Uh, after they've, you know, trained with me, it just kind of works. It's it's something that makes me so happy now, not just to do the work I do, but to be able to have that um, for other people, because I know that, you know, I, I see these, these women that are in their 20s, mid 20s, and working for, you know, other companies in Seattle, and just not happy. But um, I feel like this is, it gives them this, like, spark of hope and maybe some new ideas of like what career path they want to take rather than just kind of go down that rabbit hole like I did. Exactly. Oh, and that is such an amazing thing to offer someone. And so, so inspiring to see that happen when somebody can make that transition. So is that what kept you going when you were working from nine to five and then seven to two in the morning that just, that was your passion project and you loved it? Or in hindsight, is there, is there any way you could have done that differently where you didn't have to push so hard during those three years? Um, I could have done it more slowly. Um, I, you were ready to go and I was ready to go. And that's just me. I'm like, you know, shoot, 
fire aim type of person. I, do, I, I have to go all into things. So, and I didn't want to neglect my other jobs. So, you know, I, I wanted to, I had to do it that way for me. I had to go just all in. And honestly, um, you know, it, 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 de it definitely took its toll and it, it was, might not have been, you know, it might've been a little bit much, but now, you know, looking back, it's kind of just like anything that you really work for, you know, it doesn't come easily. You have to lay that groundwork. You have to put in the hours. And then, you know, I, I wouldn't have it any other way. I'm doing exactly what I want to do. I wake up every morning, just ready to go and love every minute of it. So knowing that if I, you know, that exchange for like three, four years of really hard work for a lifetime that I, you know, of, of kind of professional bliss and being able to, yeah. you know, retire happy is more than worth it. Yes. And I think it's so great to point out that you do have to put in that hard work and, and lay that groundwork and maybe initially that it'll be tough, but if it's moving you in the direction of something that's satisfying to you and inspiring, I can't imagine anything that's more worth it. There's nothing more soul sucking than go to, going to a job every day that you cannot stand. <laughs> oh my God. That's my favorite expression. Soul sucking. I, yeah. felt, I felt like there was a lot of soul sucking for yes. many years. <laughs> Some people yeah. are really made for like the corporate work environment and thrive there. I happened to not to be one of them. And so, you know, as the years went on, money just wasn't motivating enough to want to keep that going. And like you, you know, to get a business off the ground, I've put in a lot of time and a lot of hours, but in the end, it's all been worth it. And I, and I think it's great that you point out that there's so many different ways to go about it. You might do it the way you did it, keeping your, your nine to five and then working on the side, you know, as much as you can. Some people might not do that and, and they can build things slower. Or they have the opportunity to not do the nine to five, but there's always options, no matter what situation you're in. Yes, absolutely. And you have to listen to yourself and you have to listen to, you know, and, to, you know, kind of take a look at your life and, and do an assessment of what, what will work for your fan, not just for you, but for your family and, and to give you, you know, the ability to maintain some sort of work-life balance. Um, yeah, I think like what you said about just that you know, going to that nine to five job and being in that, you're kind of in, the, it's like a bad relationship, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, you're like into this bad marriage where it's like, <laughs> there's so many different good things, but you are bad, any type of bad relationship, you get yeah. out of it. And you, you think about it all the time. Like, this isn't making me happy. This isn't, this isn't where I want to be, but you, you have an investment, you know, yep. an investment of time or an investment of money or whatever it is, education. And it's just really hard to break the tie, but I don't know. The other side is pretty nice. Yes. And I like what you just said about listening to yourself. If you are like me wanting to get into a car accident on the way to work or that you just like <laughs> don't even want to get out of bed, like just thinking about going to work, you feel exhausted. You could probably trust that instinct. You can probably trust that there is something better for you. Even if you don't really know what it is quite yet, it's okay yeah. to just start exploring because it is like that bad relationship. You don't leave because you don't really know if there's something better for you out there, but there probably is. Yeah. And I think when you let go, when you, I mean, when you let go of fear, even if it's a little bit at a time, yeah. you start migrating toward what you need and what you, what will make you happy. I mean, I think we naturally do that, don't we? We, you know, we're, we're not like 
like <laughs> we're not naturally going toward the bad side or, or toward the dark where we we want to be happy yeah but we have to let go because i think that those fears kind of like keep you in the dark they keep you in that little you know kind of prison that you create where you say i can't do it and you listen to all the fears in your head it was weird i had you know i thinking i was kind of thinking about doing this podcast and thinking about like was there a pivotal moment was there one thing and there wasn't really a pivotal moment, but I do always have a memory in my head of the first time that I was told and listened to someone tell me I was fearless. Mm. And semi-ironically, it was my boss who basically didn't know that he was inspiring me to, to leave my job. <laughs> It was, it was kind of, an, it was in a team building exercise and it was, you know, the person asked like, oh, you know, say something about each person at this table and it came to me and I was expecting him to say something, you know, about my, how I perform my work or whatever. And he goes, she's fearless. And, you know, and, and I thought, I, wait, what? I am? And I, I thought about that all the time. And I think that listening to those types of messages when you're trying to decide you you know your friends and family have been singing your praises your whole life you've heard it from you know and that's the true that's they know you best yeah. so if they're telling you that you're strong or that you're creative or that you're capable those are the things that you need to listen to because the stuff in your head is is it's probably not validating when you're going through that kind of fear of change no. And when somebody like the fact that that stuck with you, when your boss said that you were fearless, there must have been at least a little piece of you, maybe even if it wasn't all of you, that that resonated with you, that you're like, huh, maybe, maybe that's true. Yeah. It resonated and it kind of took yeah. hold. And then all, yeah. all of a sudden I was just thinking about all the time, how fearless I was. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't actually doing anything about it, but I was <laughs> thinking about it. Well, that's the start just to, to recognize it. And that, that fear narrative, I think it's important to point out, can tell you all kinds of stories and all kinds of circumstances. I, I know for myself, when I was starting my business, I was single and I, and I thought, gosh, it's not, you know, this is so much harder for me because I don't have anyone to rely on. If I had a partner, it would be easier. And then I've talked to people who have partners and they think, oh, it'd be so much easier to do this if I, if I was single because no one would be relying on me. And right. so you can spin that narrative any way you want to, to talk you out of doing what you really want to do. But there is also a story that shows you all the reasons why it's possible. And that's what you want to focus on. Yeah, no, that's so true. You can, you can talk yourself out of anything, but yeah. you can talk yourself into anything as well. So, you know, it's just, I think focusing on the positive things and, and, you know, really preparing yourself both mentally and, you know, and with, you know, preparing your business and getting that, that really um, prepared in advance so that you're not, you're avoiding all the hurdles that you can yeah, going through it. And I think just knowing that, did you have uh, points along the way where you asked yourself, what am I doing? Who am I to do this? What was I thinking? Like, did you ever have those moments come up? Oh, I had moments where I was, I mean, I was, I was in it, right? I mean, I had no, I had no other job, nothing else to fall back on. I had now 50 people signed to my company that I was managing. I was, you know, everything was chaotic. I, all of a sudden I went, 
I just want to go to work again. I just yeah. want to wake up and go to work again, you know, and, and have somebody just tell me what I need to do. It's so, it, it weighed on me so heavily. And there were a few different kind of waves of that the, the first year, just because it was, you know, it was uncomfortable for me to have this all on me. I mean, I was, it was like, you know, like, like I, I was looking for the person that was responsible and it was realizing that it was me was yeah. freaked me out a few times. And so, you know, there were definitely those moments, but they were, they were quick. <laughs> um, they were quick because the, the next, you know, in the next moment, something magical would happen where I, I'd have a great thing happen at work. And I realized this is me. This is, I love this. I mean, I, I love the control um, that it gives my life. I love the, I love the fact that I can, you know, when you start your own business, you can focus it any way you want as far as, you know, of course it's a business and you have to have a revenue model, but being able to, for me, say what I want my business to do as a, a secondary and what culture I want to create is helping other women. And that's, that's the one tier with, the people that actually work there but with the social media influencers who are my clients i there's i decided i wanted it to have that a charitable component so i wanted them to use you know their influence for greater things as well rather than just making money and so we do that too so i couldn't just go into a company i mean i think i tried to make my last company like that that i worked for i know it's like <laughs> we need to do this and we need to do that and they're like that's not our culture that's yours yeah <laughs> but 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 let's <laughs> and so i can do that now and i think when i get in those moments of like i want to work for somebody else this is too hard i think you know i can't like yeah this is this i i would lose everything i'd lose that whole my my control over the culture of my company which actually you know lends to the culture of my life and what I'm modeling for my kids and and you know my whole future oh I love that well I love this conversation and we're going to continue talking more about what it looks like to make a, a career change midlife and how it really is possible and why it's worth it. Um, but Tracy, if anyone wants to find you and get more information about what you do, where can they go? Oh, great. Yeah. So uh, my my company website is we, W-H-E, agency.com. And I'm on Instagram at underscore Tracy, no E, just Tracy Willis. And uh, you know, my emails on the Instagram. So I'd, I'd be happy to talk to anyone who is kind of considering making this, this transition. Um, I love, I love sharing my story and inspiring other people because I know, um, it really helped me to talk to people who were, who had been through it before. Fantastic. Well, we'll be right back. We're going to continue this conversation about changing career midlife. So stay tuned. You're listening to Holding Ground. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. 
Thanks for tuning into our brand new show, Holding Ground. You can find us here every Monday morning at 9 a.m. I'm Laura Richer, founder of Anchor Light Therapy Collective. And I'm Michelle Mooney, the co-host of Holding Ground, a therapist at Anchor Light Therapy Collective. Our passion, our one big thing in life, above and beyond love, relationships, trauma, addiction, and healing, our specialty is helping others. Every Monday morning at 9 a.m. Find us online at anchorlighttherapy.com. It's time that you are heard, and I don't mean in just a conversation. I mean really heard. Imagine hosting your very own radio program on Alternative Talk 1150. Talk about being heard. Call 425-653-1150 right now to learn how affordable it can be to host your own radio show. Time slots are going fast, so take hold of this chance by dialing 425-653-1150. Alternative Talk, we have an opportunity waiting just for you. I'm Dr. Anthony Lizowitz, and this is Climate Connections. From LaGuardia Airport in New York to Kansai International Airport in Japan, hundreds of coastal airports are at risk of flooding during extreme weather. And as sea levels rise, even more will be vulnerable. Some of the biggest and most significant airports in the global airline network are often built in these low-lying, high-risk areas. That's Richard Dawson of Newcastle University in the UK. His research shows that more than 350 airports could face flooding by the end of the century, even if the world were to meet the goals of the Paris Climate Agreement. And if climate change continues unchecked, almost 600 airports will be at risk. Dawson says many airports in wealthy nations can adapt by building protective structures or relocating airports. But small island nations may lack funding or space. And although they don't operate many flights, sometimes we're talking once a week, maybe, maybe even less, those are key lifelines to the inhabitants of those islands. So if their airports flood, small islands could struggle to acquire critical food, medical supplies, and other goods. Climate Connections is produced by the Yale Center for Environmental Communication. To hear more stories like this, visit climateconnections.org. Alternative Talk 1150. Welcome back to Holding Ground. If you're just tuning in, today I am speaking with Tracy Willis, who is the owner of the WE Agency, a talent agency for social media influencers. Tracy made a big midlife career change when she decided to go back to school to get her MBA and move towards creating a business that inspires her. So Tracy, what advice would you give women who are looking to make this big career change or make the leap? I mean, the first advice is just that, you know, there's never a right time. And you got to get that out of your head. You know, it's kind of like when you have a baby and then you get a puppy and you, <laughs> it's, it's you just got to do, you got to do it all at once. You have never to, a good time for a baby or a puppy. There's never a good time for a baby <laughs> or a puppy. And there's never like the perfect time to change careers and, you know, rip off your security bandaid. Like you have to, you have to just kind of go for it. And that, I think that's the, the first piece of advice. Um, the second piece is to, to think it through as far as like your preparedness for what, what you want to do. I mean, I think just because you love flowers, you don't necessarily know how to open up a floral shop, you know, right. or, or it, it's like you have to be prepared. And if your goal is to move into an industry that is different from what you've been doing, which is what I did, it was, you know, they were poor opposite industries, healthcare and social media. 
so I, you know, chose to work for another company on the side for a couple of years to really learn it. Uh, and that, and that, that was, that worked for me because I was able to, you know, learn from the best and, and then, you know, start my own model. But if it's in the same industry, you know, it's, it's, a little, if you already have that, that industry knowledge, it's, it's different, but be prepared. Uh, and the other thing is just, you know, don't listen to your fears, listen to the good messages that you hear. Like you have to open yourself up to hear those good messages. Cause I guarantee if you're, if you're looking I mean, the, the messages are there in the universe coming at you, but you need to open yourself up to hear them. You know, that you have to have the confidence. You have to get rid of the fear. I had a client that I worked with at one point who was starting her own business and she was super created and talented and she was doing um, things in digital marketing and, and she was getting all of this positive reinforcement. And then she got some feedback about, uh, well, you know, do you know how to manage your your finances in terms of your business, or do you know how to set up your business structure or, or pay your taxes or something like that? And everything just came crumbling down <laughs> on her. She's like, I don't know how to pay my business taxes. The air went think, out of the balloon. Yeah. 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 And there are going to be those little things you want to mm -hmm. be, do your research and be prepared, but also, you know, it's okay to know that you're going to be figuring it out as you go along. But I also had those moments too, where like, I was like, Oh, what am I thinking? I don't know how to do this piece of a business and yeah. you can be really prepared. And you'll still have to learn some things as you go, but most likely you're probably going to be able to figure it out. Did you, did you have any of those obstacles where you're like, oh my gosh, I don't, what was I thinking? I don't know how to do this part of it. Definitely. I mean, you're like, and same thing with like the, getting the actual business structure set up, you know? So I, you know, I, luckily I have, I know people who know how to do those types of things. And, um, I had a lot of people be very patient with me. Um, and, you know, I kind of tackled that part, um, by just, I mean, Google's my best friend. Yeah. I, I called, um, you know, like every secretary of state and, and, you know, labor and industries. And I've called all those agencies and just talked to people and said, is there anyone that can just help me? And I've had people on the phone with me for over an hour, um, you know, walking me through things. So if you, if you feel like you can take that on and you want to great, cause you're going to save a ton of money, but consider getting a bookkeeper and just doing what you do best. If you can, if you can swing it, if you have the, the resources to do it, I, I, I started out doing it on my own just because I wanted to know, I wanted to be like really in control of, you know, the back end of my business and, and how does this work? How do we operate in Washington state? How do we, you know, so now I'm ready to turn it over to somebody else. Um, yeah. yeah. And, you know, and that's great advice. You may want to start, you know, you should know how your business is operating as you get started, but then as time goes on, it's also good to get outside resources. And I know for myself, I was, I am not a good math or details person necessarily. <laughs> I'm an, like, an English, exactly. And so, you know, I would painstakingly like try to keep track of my books and it would always be just at the end of this month, this just like arduous task that I felt tortured by. And for yeah. some reason in my mind, I was like, oh, it's going to be too expensive to have a bookkeeper. I have to do this. And then one day when I finally looked into it, it actually wasn't that expensive. And my time would have been much better spent doing something other than, you know, going through my, my statements every month. And so that I think it was another limitation too, is I made a lot of assumptions that I'm not going to be able to afford this, or I'm not going to know how to do it. 
before I even looked into it. And there's a lot of resources available to you that you might not be aware of if you just kind of reach out and ask for some assistance. Right. Yeah, no, I, I couldn't agree more. I think you, you do need to, you know, position yourself to get to the point where you are doing what you're best at, because I think be, you know, becoming an entrepreneur, like you don't have that support staff. You don't have, like you did it when you were at work, you had, you know, someone that did this part, this part, this part, this part, you're doing it all. And so yeah. when it's time to start, start shedding some uh, responsibilities and, and, and hiring things out, like just keep what you're good at. Yes. Not, maybe not even what you love the most, but I mean, sometimes you have to make that sacrifice too. You're like, but I really liked doing that. Well, you know, somebody else could do it better and you're better at this. So a lot of those type of decisions um, come come up and, and you have to kind of just figure them out as you go, a lot of it. I think sometimes, I know I have friends who have tried to start businesses and I think overthought them. I mean, I think that you have to be somewhere in the middle. Like if you, you know, they'll, they'll spend two years planning their business model. And by the time they're ready to go, the business model has changed or the industry's changed or, you know, I think, you know, I'm, I'm much more of a, like, let's, let's like figure it out as we go type of person. Um, but not everyone's comfortable with that. Well, I think you have to, if you're going to be an entrepreneur, you have to be at least a little bit comfortable with that. I know from, I've been in business now for 10 years, my business has gone through several iterations. What I thought it was going to be is certainly not what it is today. And that's not even a bad thing. I just think that, you know, I've just been learning as I've gone along. And so I've had to change and adapt to what I learn and, and, and the new things that are out there. And if you do overthink it again, you get back into that, that fear spiral where it's like, you can find all these reasons why it's not going to be possible. Cause you're trying, you're looking for certainty. And that is definitely not part of being an entrepreneur. <laughs> no, no, it's a, definitely not. I mean, yep. the only thing you can be certain about is that, you know, it's up to you. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. Um, yeah, but you know that I I can't even imagine now going. I don't I don't know if you feel like this too, but I I can't even imagine not doing this and no. going back to working for someone else and and uh, and I and I realize that that's great for some people. I mean, I I have tons of friends who have total job satisfaction, love their companies, um, everything's great, but they got lucky, you know, they kind of like won the, the job lottery. They got, they found themselves in the, in the perfect place with the perfect company. Um, and not everyone fits into that. Yes. And if for me and my sister are a great example of this, my sister is a teacher and she, her core values are security and stability. She loves routine. She loves to know what to expect. Um, and being a teacher and she loves teaching. And so being a teacher is a great path for her. My core values are, are freedom, freedom, probably being the number one and then being creative. And like you, I wanted to create something that was mine. I didn't want to fall into somebody else's mold or do something that I didn't find a lot of purpose in. And so, you know, it, it really is based on personality too, that, that some people have it, what you value. If you value freedom, you probably don't want to work for somebody else. Right, exactly. But you know, I think like, they, and you don't even have to be an entrepreneur. You don't have to start your own business. No. I mean, at, you know, 50 years old, you can decide, I, I've been in, you know, working in this job for whatever, however many years of this industry, I want to do something completely different and go find a job with somebody else. 
I mean, there's no limits. I think that at least when I was a um, doing the hiring at my last job and uh, for my department, and I would hire anyone at any age, but I valued experience. And, you know, I think people are, are sort of like scared to go out because they think they're too old and no one's going to hire them. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody's hiring the, the college grads or whatever. And, and that's just not true. I mean, that's another fear that you need to overcome. You may, you may not be groomed or cut out to be like a, an entrepreneur because you want that stability and, and like your sister and, you know, you want that security. So, but you don't like your job. Don't stay in that job. Don't stay in that industry or, or whatever. Like you, you need to get out and do what makes you happy, whether it's working for yourself or working for someone else, but make sure you're waking up every day, just saying, I can't wait. Yes. <laughs> and just because you've done, you know, been in one career path 20 for 20 years, you know, you could be in your mid forties at that point and you still want to work for another 20 plus years and you have lots of time to make a change and you don't need to be an entrepreneur. I actually hire, um, in my business, uh, doing therapy, a lot of therapists are coming into it as their, their second career that they've already had a career and decided to go back to school and get their master's degree in counseling. And that's awesome because they have all this life experience behind them that even supports them in, in this new career path. Oh, that makes me so happy. I love, I love hearing that. It's just, you know, it's, it's, there's, there's just nothing sadder to me. I think than thinking about what my life would be (laughs) if I hadn't done this and, and thinking about retiring from a job that just wasn't me. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't, it was just a job. And yeah. I always think about that, like with jobs, there's like three, I think kind of like three different levels. There's that job where you're like, somebody says, what do you do? And you say, I work for, you know, Amazon or Safeway or whatever it is yeah. I work for. And then the other one's like, what do you do? And then you say like, I'm a, I'm a barista or I'm a software engineer or whatever. And then, you know, that, but the, I think the level that you want to get to is when someone asks you what you want to do, you don't say like, I don't say like, I'm the owner of we agency. I say, you know, I, I, you know, connect social media influencers to brands, you know, to help them monetize their businesses or, you know, whatever. And, and I talk about the work I do. And, yeah. and when you hear someone answer you with that, you know, that they're probably on the right path, the right level, that they are doing something that they, where they care about the work and not the, who the company is or what their job title is. I love that. And it, it that's true. That's when you know you're the most connected to what you're doing is when it's the work itself that you're talking about, not the the company or the or the job. And in fact, I've heard a lot of people talk about their jobs. Being an attorney, I feel like is one of these categories where it sounds really good to do it and um people make that choice at a young age because they don't really know what to choose so they just continue on to go to law school and then they're super invested in it but the right. work itself is not really satisfying to them yeah exactly and that i think that's the key is that it's not people talk about job satisfaction a lot but like i think it's like it's almost like work satisfaction like yeah. what, the tasks that you're actually doing are you embracing those do you love those like i mean and it could be something that that isn't like necessarily, you know, quite as, um, you know, sexy sounding as a different job, but, and you're doing something that's really functional. But if you have that satisfaction of like, 
I love when the numbers come out and they, you know, balance or I love whatever. I, I mean, then you're, you're still, that's still an awesome job for you. And yes. Yeah. yeah. And pursuing what you enjoy, not, you know, what the title is or, or how it sounds to other people. I've worked with people who are very satisfied in organizing other people's houses and cleaning things and doing all that. I personally would not find a lot of joy in doing that, but they absolutely love it. They love being in that process. They love, um, you know, the feeling that it gives the person that they're helping and, and that's, what's important about it. I love that. Yeah. So I know for you and your business, you talk, you talk about like wellness and self-care and that that's something that you wanted to bring um, to the women that you're helping is the opportunity to do something that they love so that they can take good care of themselves in the process. So tell me a little bit more about that and why you're passionate about that. Yeah, I think that, um, you know, this is something that I didn't do. And so now I'm adamant about it with everyone I work with. And, um, you know, I, I talk to them all the time about knowing when to quit, knowing when to stop your day, because I think in, there are certain jobs like what I do where you, if you wanted to, you could probably work 24 hours. It's a, it's a global kind of, you know, job. So I'm working different countries. I mean, I could, I could get on at three in the morning and be getting new emails. So you have to know when to quit. And when you quit, you have to make sure that your downtime is spent, you know, doing things that are going to satisfy your, your soul and your, and your life. And sometimes that's um, giving back to your family. Sometimes that's, it doesn't necessarily have to be taking a bubble bath. I think when we think about self-care, you know, we always think about like, oh, I'm going to do my nails and, and take a bath and, you know, put on a face, get a massage. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which is great. Like those yeah. things are great. Don't get me wrong. I think, yeah. you know, those things are awesome, but self-care, I think to me is, 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 is I think taking care of every single thing in my head that is crying out to be taken care of. So if I, you know, you know, I mean, in your quiet times, when you, when you're, when you, when you're talking to yourself, you know, that your family needs more attention, or, you know, that, you know, you really need to declutter a closet. You know, that you need to go spend more time with friends. You know, that you need to go, um, on a trip and travel, whatever it is that, that is going to make you feel better. That's self-care. And sometimes in, in my experience, it's been that I need to work a little extra. Um, when I start, you know, kind of going in that balance where I'm like, my work is piling up more and I'm doing a lot of self-care, like maybe my self-care now shifts to like, I need to get, I, I need to spend a day and, you know, nose to the grindstone and, or ax to the grindstone, what is it? Mm-hmm. Ax to the grindstone. And you just spend that day and, and get caught up on a lot of work stuff because you know what, that's what I need. Um, or else I'm going to get stressed out. So, you know, I think it goes definitely beyond the bubble bath. I think it's about the balance and not forgetting to disconnect from your work is crucial. And for me, that's a technology break. Um, and it's really hard to do. Um, but I, I, I force it and I try to get everyone else to as well. There's times on the weekends where I'll get 
emails or text messages from from people that are, are working with me and I'm just like what are you doing it's like Saturday night at nine o'clock yeah <laughs> you have nothing else to do let's go yeah. come on <laughs> but you know I mean it's great because it's it's because they love what they do yeah but, you know at the same time it can especially with this pandemic kind of situation and you know we it's too easy to just work all the time. It really is. And if you work for yourself or even for somebody else, there's always going to be something to do. There's never going to be that day where you're like, okay, I've cleared all the emails and all the tasks and all the things. And so you have to be mindful about yeah. giving yourself that space. Even if you love what you do. Um, and I run into this in my own business too. I love working with clients. I love podcasting. I love all the things that I do. And yeah. at the same time, I can still burn out on it if I don't intentionally give myself a break. I totally agree with you. That's uh, and and you have. I mean, you you might have to write it in your day timer on your calendar or something like that, or or schedule some things, you know, with people so that you can't back out because it is. It's very very hard, and that's one of the biggest challenges is to to stop doing what you love to do because you don't want to you don't want to risk that burnout. No, it's hard. It's I mean, and the 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 cost of burnout is so high to your mental health, your physical health. In the end, it's going to reduce your productivity. You might even become resentful of something you really love. Um, so it's just so important, but it, it's also really hard. I know, especially for people who are taking care of families or, um, you know, just have a lot of things pulling their attention in different directions. It's hard to have boundaries and, and say, no, that this is what I have to do for myself. Do you work with a lot of moms who are trying to, to get into this work? So I do, I work with um, a, a combination of both like um, young, some young moms. Most of the, most of the women I work with at this point are in their twenties and thirties, but you know, I would, I would love to work with older women as well. It's just not a lot of people my age really, know much about like social media influencer world i came across it by chance i had you know it was definitely i hadn't ever watched a youtube video in my life when i started doing this um so you know it's mostly but it's mostly younger um but i i like i like working with younger people too because i feel like it's helping to avoid that um that path that i went on you can kind of circumvent it early yes know that there are other options that you don't have to get caught in that grind and then feel like you can't get out of it yes and yeah. and i think you know young people they don't know they don't have that confidence it took me till i was you know 45 so how do you you know when you're 25 how do you have that confidence to say i can own a company yeah i mean you you don't wouldn't even know the first thing about you know you it I know that there are a lot of young entrepreneurs, but it's it's really not intuitive. Like you don't really know how to get started. So I, I think, you know, I like I like working with them when they're younger because then they can they have that chance, you know. And someone to guide them. I've often had that thought, oh, what it would have been like if I would have known when I was younger, you know, that I could have my own business, which I'm not really sure why I didn't because I've come from a family of entrepreneurs. My parents oh, had their yeah. own business and so did my grandparents. But for some reason, as a young person, I didn't have that confidence. I didn't know how to get started or what I would do. And so that's one of the really cool things about social media is it's opened up this avenue for people to create all sorts of businesses that weren't available when we were young. 
Oh, I know. It's yeah, totally different world. And I think yeah. that when, when we were young and raising kids, I think it worked better for me to have that job where I, you know, had set hours because I, you know, I, I could manage the rest of my family life and daycare and all that kind of thing. I can't, even, I can't imagine having little kids and doing what I'm doing. I know yeah. it's possible. And I guess, you know, now that we are kind of connected in a different way with, with, you know, I mean, I, I didn't, we didn't even have really internet when I first started working. <laughs> so, I didn't dumb. get internet until I was a senior in college. So yeah, we didn't. <laughs> it was super close. And then it was like dial up. It was kind of worthless. <laughs> but yeah, we didn't have, I mean, I think having a smartphone and being able to be like at, you know, in a parking lot at Safeway, closing a deal yeah, <laughs> with, uh, you know, with a, your ice cream melting in the back seat like that's that's pretty cool it's not it's it's it wasn't like that then no Our, we didn't definitely have not but that's such and i i that's what i like to leave everyone with today is there are so many opportunities if you feel stuck and you don't know what direction to go just start exploring i mean now more than ever there are different career paths and ways to start side businesses or to go back to school we can do everything online now from the comfort of our own homes. So the, the options are limitless. You just have to kind of work through the fear and, and make the leap. I love that. Well, we are out of time for today, Tracy. I am so glad that you were on the show to have this conversation. I think it's so important. And again, I want you to share with our listeners where they can uh, find you if they want more information about what you do. Amazing. Thank you. So weagency.com, that's W-H-E agency.com, or you can DM me or uh, on Instagram at underscore Tracy Willis, and it's just T-R-A-C-Y. Thank you so much for having me on this show. Tracy, thank you so much for being here, and thanks for listening to Holding Ground. We'll be back next Monday. Have a good week. Thanks for tuning in to Holding Ground. You can find us here every Monday morning at 9 a.m. I'm Laura Richer, owner of Anchor Light Therapy Collective. Find us online at anchorlighttherapy.com. We'll see you next week.